Welcome to Talk About. On Talk About, our goal is to sit down with open-minded people for open and honest discussion. No judgment, no hidden agenda, just getting the conversation started. This week, we're joined by comedian and midlife crisis specialist, Mr. Neil W. Rhodes. Listen in as we discuss topics such as complacency, the left-handed agenda, and the dinosaurs. Sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome, my friend. Thanks. Great to be here. This Cheers is fantastic. I am uh, excited to be here on the podcast. This awesome. is fantastic. I am super excited to have you. Uh, for those of you listening, we just cheersed our coffees. Uh, we don't have any video content of this just yet, yeah. but uh, we're working on that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be all Facebook Live 24 hours a day eventually. Oh, fuck. Are we doing Facebook Live stuff? Or uh, what is it? Twitch? Uh, maybe Scope? Is that still a thing? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. That's Periscope. Sorry, I'm thinking, I'm thinking mouthwash when you said Scope. <laughs> Do I need mouthwash? No, you, I'm sure you... Well, you're drinking coffee. No, but you I don't. I barely touched it. Yeah. No, you. It, it, that's the thing, though. You drink... You have the You have the Listerine or whatever, the scope, and then it just... It kills the flavor of the coffee. I mean, I hate when people like... When you have a coffee... Like, when I have a coffee, I want that flavor in there for hours. Oh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Not just like, oh, do you want a mint? Fuck you and your mint. <laughs> That's after dinner. Does a coffee look like after dinner to you? No, it's a it's a beverage to be celebrated. Now that being said, though, mm. would you do an after eight while you're drinking coffee? Yes. Okay. Well, tell me why then. Well, the chocolate first of all is going to pair well with the coffee, mm. right? So those flavors are going to match, and then the mint already being inside that after eight or that style of you know minted chocolate. I mean, if that's an English sentence, but <laughs> a minted chocolate. It everybody. is now. It is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, put that in the Urban Dictionary. So, yeah. No, I think it, would, it that that would do well in there. Like a straight up mint. Meh. See, it, it's you could think of like um, you know, like any any major coffee chain that offers like a like a Christmas sort of um, or whatever your favorite holiday is, uh, drink. Oh, non-denominational co- uh, holiday drink? Exactly. <laughs> With eggnog. Oh, you have to 100% include eggnog into yeah. the equation, right? <laughs> so you're you're okay with an after eight mint while drinking a coffee or an after eight chocolate treat. Yes. But not necessarily a straight up like a harsh mint hard candy. You know what? Here's the thing. Okay, go tell me. <laughs> let, let me say this. Maybe I'm being a little harsh. Okay. I would keep my options open to a mint situation after a coffee. Okay. Maybe even during a coffee. Okay. See, I could eat a mint during the coffee, pause, eat the mint, enjoy the mint, and then douse it with coffee. Oh. After it. So maybe I'm being a little harsh. Maybe the, the word, maybe it depends on the mint. Okay. So depending on the mint situation, then it would be a matter of trying to decipher at what point in time would you have the mint in conjunction with your sips of coffee? Mm -hmm. What's important to end with, the mint or the coffee? The coffee. The the, the only reason I'm thinking why, this is why it's important to me, okay? (laughs) Okay. And hopefully to your your viewers as well, our listeners, I guess, because we just, you said off the top, there's no video, so your listeners... They might view the audio. Yeah. Uh, but I, the way I feel is, um, yeah, I want to end with the coffee because there's still going to be trait. You're still going to f- taste the mint afterwards, regardless or irregardless of the coffee. So, I mean, 
you're so it destroy the coffee. I think is gonna be a stronger sensation taste wise, but you're still gonna experience a bit of the mint. It's a perfect line with what you said earlier because mm. the whole start of this conversation was you wanted the coffee flavor to last. Yeah. Right. And just like a good, just like a movie <clears throat> that's shitty throughout but has a great ending, you remember the ending. Right. If you're ending with the coffee, then you're ending with that flavor. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you've had the opportunity to not only enjoy the coffee, then enjoy a mint, but you've enjoyed the coffee flavor for mm-hmm. the rest of the day. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, it's like you're drinking the coffee all day. It's just there. That's amazing. It's like, do you want a coffee? No, I'm still having one. Where's your cup? It's in my mouth. <laughs> like maybe not the the copper mug itself, but you know the, the flavor sensations. Anyways, could you imagine if the flavor that stayed in your mouth actually satiated mm. you for the rest of the day, not only on a flavor level, but on a caffeine level? Yeah, this is something we need to talk to artificial intelligence about. I feel like we need to make this happen. Artificial intelligence. Yes, <laughs> that might be the key. No, it's okay now. Okay. For, yes, hundred percent. <laughs> hundred percent. So everything is open now. Um, Everything's just, open. Just to let you guys in on a little secret. Uh, when I picked up Neil from the airport yesterday at, in the hammer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, first of all, we had probably the coolest embrace of anybody ever landing in a city on historic record. Agreed. I mean, people were looking at their loved ones with disappointment i saw it in their eyes with disappointment going why didn't you greet me like they greeted each other when i came out of the arrival gate yeah it didn't happen at that point in time we immediately started to talk about shit we were talking about everything and anything which is exactly what this podcast is going to be about at a certain point we had to make a decision not to talk about certain topics because we wanted to save it for the podcast and we didn't want to recycle those conversations therefore the hint and warning to that was turning up the volume on the radio. Well, you can't say that every single time. So for us, the code was simply reaching out our arm and turning the handle or turning the knob of the radio to turn up the volume, indicating to the other person, stop talking about this immediately. Yeah. Save it for the podcast. Yeah. That's a thing. I think your listeners could start using that in their everyday life. Like if, if the listeners right now could just... Re- extend your hand out if you're left-handed right-handed and pretend like you're turning a little radio knob to the right because to the left it's going to turn the volume down right so you turn it to the right and boom there you go anytime you're in an awkward you don't want to talk about it zip done yeah done and done now this leads into something we were talking about uh, yesterday uh you were mentioning reaching out with your left hand if you're left-handed or right hand when you're right if you're right-handed mm. now you brought up something interesting that i wanted to explore a little bit which is you're a right-handed person, correct? Yes. You currently write with your right hand. Correct. Okay. But you said you wanted to try an experiment. Yeah, I want to, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to just start writing with my left hand. Just, I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to challenge something with myself. And I thought, well, I could go out and build a corporation. That seems too challenging. Or I could just pick up a pen and try to learn with my, you know, left hand instead I was like, okay, that's doable. Um, and just, I don't know, just to kind of, for some reason, and I don't really know the full truth to it, but just to kind of um, challenge myself to do something different. So maybe it gets my brain thinking differently. So maybe I go open that big corporation one day because I started writing left-handed. I like it. Yeah. I like I think it's actually the perfect idea 
to try something that's not outlandish mm. and starting a corporation or starting a takeover of a corporation, you're simply going to start writing with your left hand. Yeah. And the kind of the, the one reason behind that too is that um kind of watching people I, I I'm I'm in my 40s. Let's not get let's say let's not say mid 40s or 40. Let's just say I'm in my 40s. 44. Suck it. So um the whole idea behind um kind of want challenging my left hand using my left hand to write is um you know I you hear about people and they kind of get their if you will midlife crisis sort of deal and as I got to do something different in my life to change it. And I thought, you know, some people go and they start running marathons or they start, I don't know, eating better or whatever it may be. Um, I was like, I'm just going to just start with my left hand and see if I can start writing with that and then kind of go from there. I love it. And uh, yeah, I love it. And one of the things that we were discussing yesterday, which one of the reasons why I love that concept so much is because we were talking about complacency. And how once you get used to something, you get into automatic mode. That's the way humans are. Mm. And when you get into automatic mode, you can literally do things. This is not news to people, but you can literally do things without even thinking about them. Sure. Right? Like driving to work in the morning. Uh, There's sometimes when I drive to work in the morning and I literally don't remember the drive. Yeah. Right? I'm sure that's happened to you. Oh, yeah. So many times. Right. So when you but get, mind you, I take a bus. So oh yes, I'm like oh I missed my stop, and that's what it kind of becomes. But that's the it's the same thing though, right? Because you get used to that, and I'm sure the first couple of times you took the bus, you were cognizant of every stop along the way, and you yeah. saw the people that were coming on, and now you get on the bus, and then it feels like you're getting off the bus immediately. Mm-hmm. You don't even think about it; it's automatic. I just know where to get off. 100. percent Yeah, but when you get into that automatic mode then sometimes that opens up the brain to be able to play around and create things on its own. Okay. And one of the things that I'm finding about myself is that once I slip into that automatic zone about everything, like it's amazing to have your routine set up. You know, I love that. I love routine. I think a lot of people like routine, right? You don't even have to think about stuff. You just do it automatically. But once your whole life or a lot of your life is automatic, Hmm. the brain doesn't just stop trying to solve problems or solve challenges. So my brain, I don't know if this is the same for you, but my brain starts to just create issues and tension where there is none. Oh, okay. So this is something that I found with me. So if like, if I'm not trying something new, then I start to worry about stupid shit. Things that don't even matter. Right. Or things I haven't thought about in a long time. Like, it's like, oh, shit, you know what? Like, I really need to replace my windows in my house. You know, and then, I'll, oh, okay, so if I replace my windows in my house, when am I going to do that? Winter's coming. It's going to cost X amount of dollars. And then my brain starts to run away with me, right? Because it's filling in. It's It's almost like it's craving to solve problems. Okay. But in order to solve a problem, there has to be a problem present. And whether or not I think it's a problem, my brain seems to create a problem to solve. Okay. So with what you're talking about with the left-handed thing, that is like an issue to actively solve. You can't write with your left hand. Not well. I Mind you, I... I couldn't even tell you the last time I've tried it anyway, so... And why would you? You're a right-handed person. Exactly. But now you're going to actively do that with your left hand. So you have actually decided to create a situation 
mm-hmm. writing with your left hand. And now you actively have to solve that equation. So yeah. you're you're actually participating in the whole thing, like creating the the scenario and then solving the scenario as opposed to your brain creating a scenario at a thing. Right. It's kind of fucked up yeah. when you think about it. And I think my next step is once I once I get really good at or comfortable like writing with my left hand, then I think I want to get I want to get behind the minds of left-handed people. I want to be part of their society. I want to know what goes on, what they're thinking. Hmm. Do you think it's like a secret society of left-handed people? Uh, I'm willing to believe so. Like, here, well, here, yes. Here's why. Who's talking about it? Nobody. Of course, it's a secret. Shit. Mm-hmm. Is this, this thing on? Is this mic on? This smells of the Masons. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, throwing it right out there. Damn. Yep. Do you think the Masons were founded by a left-handed person? Guaranteed. Holy shit. Are all secret societies founded by left-handed people? Uh, for my research, yes. And I just researched that right now in my head. That's amazing. Yeah. And for those viewers at home, again, there's no audio. I mean, there's no video. Um, he literally did not look at anything when he did that research. He did that research in his mind. It was like solving a complex mathematical equation. But instead, you solved the issue of the people at, or at the founders mm-hmm. of secret societies. I feel like I just fired two big atoms in my head and just kind of created the, 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 the Big Bang Theory. And that was the best answer I could come up with. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I personally absolutely love it. Now, Big Bang Theory leads into something that uh, you have been obsessing. Is that, is that the right word? It's, that's a fair word. That's that, a fair that's word. That's a very yeah. accurate word. Okay. Yeah, so obsessing yes. with... The universe, outer space, Neil deGrasse Tyson, everybody that kind of contributes to that field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you posted a couple of things online about reading Neil deGrasse Tyson, <clears throat> his new book, uh, Astrophysicist for People in a Hurry. Correct. Okay. And that prompted me to uh, download the audio version of it because <laughs> that's how I read. And that's going to prompt me to pick the back book back up and finish it. I Because now love if it. you're reading it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it um, is great. And obviously in the intro, we had indicated that you're a space enthusiast. Hmm. So you've been down this rabbit hole for how long now? Uh, I would I would say the last 12, 13 months-ish, Damn. roughly. Um, I don't know why, but I was probably just watching something on YouTube or I, I got interested for some reason somehow about um, other dimensions and, you know, do they exist? So whatever happened, I guess the thought creeped in my head. And I thought, well, let's, let's do what any human would do. Let's go to YouTube, figure mm-hmm. this out. Of course. So try to watch some, you know, at least accredited videos, you know, from, you know, from real science people or know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, it just kind of got me interested in, um, from what I can tell, it seems as if there's, science can say there's maybe up to 10, 11 different dimensions possibly right of course they can't prove that but it's just all in theory mm-hmm. so then yeah just starting to look at so i I, th- I guess my question was simple to myself was like well, what's the fourth dimension so i started asking that question and started looking up videos on it i watched a lot of the same videos i didn't really understand it i finally understood it maybe about better anyways like not fully but like a, a month or two ago to you know how the f- how the fourth dimension would kind of you know, assuming it's real, how it would probably act sort of deal. Okay. Um, 
and maybe something as simple as, uh, like if, if you're in a room and you just, <clears throat> there was like a closet door or just a door that opened <clears throat> and you could open it up and put anything you want in there and close it up. And it was like, say endless storage, but you know, you can't go in there sort of thing. Um, and it obviously just, you know, leads to a, a different area. So I don't know. It just kind of got me really interested about, um, are there all, you know, are there alternative lives out there? In other words, like, are you and I doing this exact same life in another dimension? Like, is your podcast maybe in a different dimension right now with 860 trillion followers? Jesus. And here we're just starting, like, this is the big bang of your podcast. Oh, I like that. And, like, future Chris is like, boom, I got this figured out, baby. That's amazing. You got bling, you know, you're like, ah, podcast king. I I enjoy that. Yeah. I, I enjoy that thought. I'm looking forward to when that happens. It's 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 just an inevitability. Yeah. Really. I mean, especially considering we're starting off like this. Oh, huge. I mean, like this, it's going to be massive. It's going to be <laughs> massive. So now the fourth dimension is like, because I've, I've touched a little bit upon uh, multi, uh, multi-universe theory, not multi-universe theory, many worlds theory, apology. Yeah. Apologies. Uh, fourth dimension, does that uh, intersect? Or is it the same thing as many worlds theory? Here's what I can kind of figure out about the fourth dimension based upon everything I've kind of heard so far. It seems like, because, you know, the simple thing is, you know, like your table here, for instance, um, you know, the top layer, that's just, that's one dimensional, right? If you had just like one line, just one line, just one edge of that, that exists of this table, that's one dimension. But now you add in length plus width, you've got your second dimension, which is now, say, a complete flat table. Your third dimension, obviously, now you're going up to create a cube. So now you're going up. Um, fourth dimension, do what experts seem to suggest is it could be time. Hmm. It could be time travel. It's um, Yeah, it's, it's so weird to, you know, even say what it is because it's like, you're adding a fourth dimension, but you know, where is it going? Like how, it, how are you getting there? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Why can't we see it mm-hmm. sort of thing? Assuming it, it exists, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, and it's funny though. I, and one thing I keep thinking back to one of my favorite new movies now for the last handful of years, probably one time, all time favorites now is interstellar. Mm. And I keep thinking back to the scene with, uh, McConaughey, not when he's driving the Lincoln and looking pretty suave, you know, who the fuck just hires like we need you to sit in this car look pretentious just for a few minutes if you don't mind just pretend like you're thinking how big your dick is and you know what i mean like how much money you could wrap around your dick uh and just you're in a lincoln and you're really happy and you're thinking about it anywho um interstellar i I really like the movie but that if you've seen the more, and look, this is spoiler. Anyone hasn't seen the movie? Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Hit yeah. pause right now. Yeah, hit pause. Okay, good. Now, the scene where uh, he's in a different dimension looking into the bedroom where his daughter is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he sees the life happening. He sees him coming into the room to the daughter. She doesn't want him to leave. And, you know, he can't make any contact, but he's able to push books to make them fall down. Okay. And then you see all those lines that are kind of, uh, I, I don't even, you see all those colorful lines, like computer graphic lines, for lack of better explanation. Okay. It almost looks like a grid. 
So to me, that kind of represents time somehow or another mm. that, um, yeah. That he's able I, to communicate through. Yeah, like I, I can't really eloquently say it better than that. <clears throat> well, I think the thing is, is that at this point in time, these are theories, right? That's it. Yeah. And so people are coming up with their interpretation of what these theories might actually be mm. when in actuality, we, we have no idea, right? Mm. Like they're just coming up with their interpretations of it. But I do find the many worlds theory interesting. Like in, in listening to that Neil deGrasse Tyson book, he kind of touches upon it a little bit uh, when he was talking about the the beginning of it all, the Big Bang, as it were, and and people's people's theories on the beginning, right? Yeah. And so he talked. This is early on in the book. So I think I only got two chapters in. Um, because I was taking notes and then I went on some tangents, uh, some research tangents <laughs> that cool. we'll touch upon a little bit later, I'm sure. But, um, you know, talking some of those theories include like who caused this or what caused this. And if you talk to the religious folks, it's God. Sure. Right. You know, God was the one who, who created Earth and, you know, everything that kind of happens within it. And God of your choice, people. God of your choice. God of your choice. There's several of them to choose from. Yeah. Take a look right? around. Pick. And listen, I grew up Catholic, um, but I, I'm not devout. Uh, I, I, when it comes to the whole question of God, and, and we can we can dive down this rabbit hole if you'd like. I, I'm I'm totally yeah, cool sure. with having I'm, that I'm conversation. Ready to chase rabbit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know what they say: chase ten rabbits, you're gonna catch everything. Yeah, all every single one of them. <laughs> That's just science. Yeah, that 100 science. Yeah, it's just biology, mm-hmm. right? And if we know anything, we know biology. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but a hundred percent. It's all I've known. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, when it comes to religion, I'm not going to say there's not a God, right? I have, I met him. No. Yeah. Um, can I look at certain scenarios and say, you know, God had a hand in that? I could, I think, I, I think that there's any, any number of scenarios where you could chalk it up to God's will mm-hmm. or this is God testing, or this is what God wants, or this is what God's plan is. <clears throat> do I believe that per se? Not necessarily. Um, but I, I, I leave myself open enough to say, if that's what your belief is, then tell me, tell me about it. Right. Like, tell me what your, why you think God planned this. Sure. Um, but religion is a tricky thing. And I think any belief can be a tricky thing. The challenge that I have with beliefs is when they're so hard ingrained into people that they're not willing to see outside of their beliefs and have an open mind. Yeah. That's when I start to disconnect from people and their theories. They're not willing to listen to potentials of other things. Then the conversation kind of stalls in my mind. Sure. Where do you stand on religion as the answer to why everything is taking place. I'm almost on the exact same page as you are. Okay. Because, well, that's the truth. I mean, as much as science has said that, you know, this is where the universe started. Definitively, I guess, technically, we still just don't know. Right? I mean, to me, it's like, I I don't truly believe in a god or gods. At the same time, maybe we'll find out one day. I mean... This is me just trying not to be closed-minded. You know, I don't, <clears throat> I, I don't have to follow them. You know, like the religion, I respect anyone who 
you know, falls on religion sort of thing, whatever your religion is. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I way more, I, I way more heavily on the science side because that's the evidence we have right now versus, you know, obviously we can't, you know, prove there's a God out there. Again, the universe is so massive. It's endless. It's absolutely endless. Who knows what is out there, right? Very true. Um, that God, maybe it's just some, and I'm, I'm sure you've watched this and I think we're going to talk about this. Is like, maybe that God is some kid who has created this planet that we live on right now, this universe, right? Mm-hmm. It may, with respect, it may not be a, a mystical being. It may not be a white man. <laughs> fucking amazing, eh? It may not be a fucking white bearded man. Oh my God, what if they had color in their skin? Oh my God, what if it was a woman? Did everything... Okay, sorry. Um, but anyways, you know what I mean? Like, it just... Uh, yeah. I, I, we don't know. Well, and you're, you're 100% correct. Um, but not knowing being the answer doesn't seem to sit right with people. Right? Like, it doesn't seem to... like That doesn't seem to offer any peace of mind for individuals well and this is the thing like and you and i were talking yesterday about this in the car is that um sorry i'm from the east coast now i should say car <laughs> care yeah so we're driving the care because i live in halifax now i don't know when you're listening to this po- podcast by the way maybe i don't live in halifax maybe i'm back in oshawa it's, who knows it's very possible hey listen who knows the future yeah we don't know we don't know um what were we just talking about we were talking about um knowing about things and uh, oh yeah things are great no that wasn't what it yeah. was no we were just talking about um uh, religion yes and uh beliefs in that so yeah yeah stuff 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 uh jesus i'm okay well Where jesus we? is part of that yeah uh that yeah, equation is. no uh we were discussing the oh uh yeah sorry you and i were in the car yesterday driving mm-hmm. back and you were talking about um, you made an amazing point. I felt that um, people like they just come up with their beliefs and they close it off. Mm. Remember that conversation? I do. Whereas they don't kind of keep their mind open. My dad, uh, <clears throat> is my dad listening? And um, so, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's hard when people just feel like they need an answer mm-hmm. to, you know, why is the world here? God. Okay, done. Let's uh let's go have a picnic. Yeah, mm-hmm. we figured it out. Or I don't know, it's it's like, oh, or why you know, why are the trees here? Oh, just because. Um, you know, without doing any research too. So is that people need an answer. People and that's what we were talking about. That's what yeah. you were mentioning yesterday yeah. that I loved was that people I feel like need an answer. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I mean, there's something to be said about that. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, right? Like, I mean, to, to no. be honest, if if everybody walked around questioning everything every minute of the day, then how productive would we be as a society? Yeah. Like, I think you do have to come to grips with certain things, right? As, as open-minded of people as we are, or try to keep ourselves open-minded to new ideas, that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have fundamental beliefs that, mm. you know we live our life on. Yeah. We just leave ourselves open for other possibilities. <clears throat> yes. And I think that that's fine. Not, not everybody is hardwired different. It's what makes us interesting as a species. Um, and, and that's fine. I think that's what makes the world go around. Makes sure. us be productive. But that being said, 
I think it's more the extremists that concern me. Yeah. Right. Like the hardcore fundamentalists, uh, the people that, you know, in our prime America days, mm. um, it's actually prime America people. We know what it is <laughs> in our prime America days when we would sit down with individuals. <coughs> Excuse me. You get that on the, get that on air. Bless okay, you. Perfect. Oh yeah. This is fully raw, unedited yeah. audio people. I want people to feel like they felt that sneeze. And there, don't worry, folks, there is a bit of a sneeze guard on the mic, so you're not going to catch this. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, hey, listen, we don't know what you can catch uh, via, you know, audio listening, but we have protection. We hear it. Tell me. Uh, we, we are concerned about your safety. Tell me podcast.com. It is of the utmost importance to us. Yeah. But when we would come across individuals that have very hardcore religious beliefs, Sometimes they wouldn't believe in certain aspects of financial planning because they felt that their God would take care of them. Oh, yes. You remember this, right? Coming across this scenario. Sure. I'm not going to tell people that they're wrong because it's a belief. It's a thought. It's a feeling. And everybody's entitled to that. The way the old adage goes, though, is that if you do believe in God and God's will and all the things that go with that, I'm okay with it. But don't you have to believe at certain points that the individuals that you intersect with on a daily basis might be sent to you by God? Right? Yeah. Like you and I don't claim to be um, professionals or all knowing of every single topic on the face of this planet. We do when people aren't around. Uh, well, we, <laughs> I mean, okay, listen, full disclosure. <laughs> full disclosure. Full. We are pretty much, we do know everything about everything. We're high beings, let's be honest. We're we're essentially the top of the heap. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to toot our horn too much or oversell it, but if you have a topic, we know everything about it. Yeah. And don't worry, people. Like th- this podcast, salt of the earth people. Salt, salt of, the, of earth. the earth. Salt of the earth. Yeah. Very, very approachable. Here to spread the salt. Here right. to give salt. Great looking. Yeah. Right? Fit. No. Oh my unbelievably like loving yeah basically if you were to to design a perfect human being Mm. it would be us what would it look like chris oh let me grab (laughs) let me grab a mirror yeah so that way you can see yourself amazing that's what it is i should probably wash my hair first you can do whatever you want doesn't matter wicked wash your hair unwashed hair it's still gonna be perfect wow that's it all right that's why i say to you cheers to that boom yeah absolutely and for all you uh audio listeners that are viewing us See what I did there is I kind of intersected the two. Yeah, that was good. We just cheers. Yeah. It's sure our coffees. Did. Relax, people. It's it's like two two thirty. Okay. <clears throat> we haven't touched anything any substances other than caffeine at this point in time and sugar. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that we're not gonna touch those substances. Yep. Substances are uh, made to uh be taken. There's gonna be something taken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what medical people say. Pretty sure. My point is yes. that when you're talking about certain things and protection of your family and ideas and thinking about different things and you chalk it up to an omnipotent being as the thing that's going to save you from your woes, <clears throat> save you from death or even in that death, if they can't save you, it's going to take care of your family when you're gone. Mm. But yet you turn your back on people who want to help you, other people who don't necessarily see things the same way. Isn't that kind of an oxymoron? 
you believe in God and you believe that he is going to save you, but yet you don't believe in the humans that approach you that apparently were put here by God right. in order to save you. So at what point in time do you have to draw a line and say, yeah, you know what? I believe what you're saying is true because God put you here just like he put me here. Therefore, you know something about something that I don't know. Yeah. You know, okay, let's do this. Let's protect my family. Even that God's probably like shaking its head like, I don't get it. Like you've got a good insurance company you're dealing with here. You've got a great premium. You're a non-smoker. Why aren't you signing up for this? Your family might need it one day. You're an idiot. Yeah. An absolute idiot. <laughs> do you think God ever just sits back? Sure. And says these people are stupid? Of course. Like why wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We do make some stupid mistakes. I've made stupid mistakes. I don't know if I've ever made any. Listen, I was just trying to humanize myself for a minute. I'm sorry. And connect with the audience. <laughs> but why even go down that road? Let's be honest. There's never been one mistake that either one of us has made ever in life. Tell me. <laughs> Sit so in there true. just plug the podcast. Right there. The Boom. name is ingrained right into it. So we were talking about God and, you know, we understand people have their beliefs and that's totally fine. Um, it can get dangerous. If it's a hardcore fundamentalist belief, sure. I, I think that there's millions and millions of examples that we can cite out there uh, of, you know, dangerous levels of that acceptance. But one of the things that you touched upon is what about if God is some kid who has designed this whole thing? Sure. Or whatever the case might be. And now you're starting to get into the simulation. Have you done any digging on that? Have you have you read much on it or, or heard much of the theory itself? I've tried to get information on it, but again, it's, it's one of those theories to me, like that's interesting because, mm -hmm. you know, let's be honest as humans, we're kind of always looking for weird things to kind of hang our hats on to say like, Oh, wouldn't that be cool if, you know, we were just being run by some kid in you know, a future galaxy or something like that or future life, whatever it may be. Um, but at the same time, I guess, you know, I, there's it, it's not that it could be a wrong answer because we just again we don't know how this universe got here mm. at all mm. um but yeah to actually have like more information as to um i remember years ago um I, I think whenever interstellar came out i was out i was living out in edmonton and i went to see the movie and my buddy joel was saying uh he told me about this news article that they thought that they found pixelations somewhere in in space so that was probably one of the original times that i really got interested about say space in general now i didn't go down huge dives then necessarily but mm -hmm. um so the idea that yeah maybe there's you know, pixelations out there again it's all unexplained here's one thing actually i did hear recently in the last week or two uh was that the way the universe is expanding right now, it's almost expanding too clean. Hmm. Everything's almost like spread apart kind of perfectly. Hmm. And for, for my, for my vision, it seems like every, every ball in the, in the sky is, is a ball. It's like every planet is round. Mm -hmm. Any meteorites are kind of roundish. So and not having said that, they actually found like this interstellar rock the other or not the other day, it's been a while, but it's like kind of long shape. For lack of better explanation, it kind of looks like 
Um, I don't like the top half of it. Look, it looks like it could be like a submarine, like the top half of an airship carrier sort of thing, mm -hmm. long and wide. Mm -hmm. So, again, assuming if if the if the space if space is being distributed so evenly, it's like why is it not being a little more rougher, kind of more raw and organic? So that's that's it. Well, it's it's interesting that you talk about that. One of the things in line with what you're talking about, about things being placed so perfectly that I, I found interesting in uh, DeGrasse's book was talking about the design and structure of planet uh, of earth in conjunction to the sun. That if the, uh, if the planet were a little bit further away that we yes. would freeze up. And if we were a little bit closer, we basically burst into flames, right? It'd be too hot to inhabit, but we're actually in this sweet spot right now where life can blossom yeah and that's fascinating to me and and it kind of is in line with what you're talking about about things being placed perfectly but the thought that i had about that was how perfectly placed is the planet in conjunction with the sun like what is the window of you know acceptable degrees of being further away or closer to the sun that we're talking about here. Is it in such a fine window that if we're like two inches closer to the sun, sure, that it would be uninhabitable? Is, is it so perfectly placed that we have zero room for movement? Or because of the vast measurements that we're talking about when it comes to the universe, are we talking about a pretty acceptable scale to be able to move back and forth? That was the question that I had. I mean, I know that we don't have that answer, but that's what made me. Well, we do. We're not going to share it yet. We, we can't. It's called the cliffhanger, kids. Yeah, it's what's going to keep you coming back for Stay more. Stay tuned. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, that's that's kind of what made me think about that. Like, as perfectly placed as everything is, mm. in order for us to have arrived at this point in history that we're at, <clears throat> Homo sapiens, basically, you know, being the top of the food chain type of thing. You know, yeah. I, we won't break that all down as to who is the top and who's the alpha and all that shit. That's a different conversation. But basically, in order for us to thrive at the point that we're at right now, we needed to be in a certain position in the universe and a certain distance from the sun. Mm. But how much play do we have? Or do we have any play at all? I don't know. It was just a question. It was just a thought. I feel like the way Earth was created, everything's everything's... The environment for Earth, everything is perfect. The way it was formed was perfect. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I forget the name of the planet that came down and rammed into it hit Earth, kind of like basically became part of it. All the particles shot back up. That's the moon. Mm -hmm. Right. So now, you know, and then another meteor comes down, hits the Earth and tilts it because they were saying that if it had it stayed the way it was before half the globe would always be frozen. Mm -hmm. Half it would be sunny. But now because it's rotating, now the sun can kind of get both sides and you know, you've got greenery and blue everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then one day you just happen to get water delivered from space, you know, coming down planet, you know, it, it, the planet boils, it freezes, it boils again and cools down. It really just seems like the perfect storm. And, you know, we've got this ozone layer still for the time being. And, um, <clears throat> you know, again, like that protects us from the radiation of the sun. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that, you know, we can apply like a little bit of sunscreen and we're safe. But if you're up in space, like you would, you would burn, like the radiation would kill you. Yeah. 
again, it just seems almost too perfect the way the Earth was formed. And, you know, the fact that the moon is where it is, it's, it's, it kind of basically used to be the Earth. And, um, like, now that... What I learned about that, because I... Uh, it, it does... It doesn't affect the, the tidal waves of the oceans. What the moon does is it pulls the water, right? Yeah. It kind of like bubbles it out, if you will. And as it rotates, when the sun hits it, that's what creates the tidal waves. When the rays, whatever it is that's coming down from it, that is what affects the actual the, the waves in the ocean. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I always thought it was just the moon that controlled it, but... And this yeah, was like Neil deGrasse saying that, yeah, the water's pulled. And as it ro- as the earth rotates, the s- wherever the sun's in it, that'll affect. Is it the heat that interacts with the, like the way that I, I'm kind of envisioning this as you're talking about it is taking a trampoline and pulling it as tight as you possibly can. Mm. And then when it's, when it's that tight, hitting it with an, an extreme heat blast. Yeah. And that heat blast actually causes it to react. That's that's what I'm picturing. <clears throat> I have no idea yeah. if that's even correct, like remotely, but that's what I that's what I picture. You said it, I believe it. Well, I mean Does that I, make sense? hundred <laughs> percent. It's absolute fact. All right. That I think is what leads people to believe that this is a simulation because if everything needed to be so perfect yeah. and you're leaving everything to chance, like you need it because I, I know, and again, I don't know all the details about it, but I've heard, I had heard about asteroids hitting the earth and that's kind of what brought waves of water and, and whatnot. And I'm sure it's jarred some things loose, but all the things that needed to take place in order for us to be where we are now, all the shit that has occurred in order for us to be a planet and be humans walking around in it. Yeah. Almost seems like if you, if, if it was by chance, that is that is a percentage of chance that just doesn't exist mm-hmm. like winning the lottery every day of your life seems to be more more realistic than this planet forming the way that it did and us to be able to inhabit it isn't that the truth it's fucking weird man. so we should play the lottery tonight is what you're saying well every day all right i mean well kind of, every day is a lottery for us today's that's, every that's, day you're you're 100 correct <laughs> i mean just looking at the calendar it says that today is every day that's so. true yeah but then, okay, so going down that road, yeah, okay, this kind of leads me to one of the other things that he was talking about, which is um, the extinction of the the dinosaurs. Okay, mm. so this is a, something. This is something that kind of leads into that very interestingly, because we're talking about everything needing to be perfect in order for us to be able to inhabit this planet. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everything that's happened to Earth has been like happened once and then we arrived. Like this fucking blue marble has been around for quite some time yeah 14 billion years 14 billion years yeah humans have been around for i not long not it's a blink of an eye it's a blink of an eye depending on who you talk to if it's religious folks it's twenty thousand years okay which is fucking mental yeah it's crazy it's not even possible as a matter of fact i think there are some religions that believe that uh human like humankind has only been around for like twenty thousand years which is ridiculous when you take a look at the science and what people have learned that we have we have actually been around like uh, our our origins are a hell of a lot more than that Mm -hmm. like we're talking hundreds of thousands hundreds of thousands of years okay yeah 
So when you ignore the science, you can make any theory work. However, if you believe in science, and that's the thing is that science is another theory. It's a, sure. it's a widely accepted theory, right? We had the, the revelation one night uh, when we might have been partaking in a little marijuana. Who knows? Who knows? It's I possible. I don't know. But I remember standing up. I'm, I believe we were at 169 Birkdale. Okay. And I stood up to you and I simply said, science is science and it's, it's fact because somebody said it was. Yes, I remember that. And I mean, I thought that I'd fucking solve everything, right? Like every, <laughs> every puzzle, yeah, the Rubik's Cube, the, like every possible scenario I thought I had discovered at that point in time. But I, I can't help but shake that right like even even math math is accepted as as um unequivocal fact two yes. plus two is four there's no disputing that's the way numbers work but th that's based on somebody's belief and we all bought into that system that's that's kind of where it ends for me i'm sure the scientists have been able to break it all down a little bit further so that way yeah okay this is this is absolute <clears> but <throat> i still can't shake the feeling that that's just another theory no it, it no and you're absolutely right um i mean i i don't know how they arrive at that mm. i don't know how they can say where the number one came from yeah what it had to be was found in or <laughs> it had to be formed because it's not like somebody was digging in you know a mountain in the yucatan and found the <clears> number one mm-hmm <throat> I That'd be pretty think, damn cool. Be pretty fucking awesome, right? You imagine you had phone back and then you get a selfie with it. Oh my god, back it'd be in amazing. Like year one, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Like dinosaurs, dinosaurs, you can believe in because they found fossils. Yes. Okay, but nobody's ever found a fossil of the number one. <laughs> I'm just saying. Have I'm we? Just have saying. we looked? Maybe we're not looking. Maybe that's the problem. All right. Maybe maybe you should get your listeners to you know go out and like let's let's encourage people to to look for the number one let's find the origins of number one <laughs> that's basically what we're talking about right okay so back to science so we're talking about science and if you believe in science then you have to believe in the evidence that science has presented to us which means that humans have been around for a really long time mm -hmm. okay but we haven't been around since the beginning of the planet correct we've only been around for like a fraction of a percentage of the planet and how it's been so one of the things all this to say that leading back to the the extinction of dinosaurs, that this fucking this asteroid comes and it destroys, it, it hits Earth yeah. sixty five million years ago, okay, which sixty five million years ago, based on what science knows and accepts, is two percent of the Earth's past. Think about that for a second. We're talking. 65 million years ago and okay. that only accounts for two percent of what the world's past is like recorded history jeez okay it's a fucking small percentage that's insane okay yeah. so this happened 65 million years ago mass extinctions right everybody knows this kind of stuff mass extinctions or if you accept that theory sure mass extinction extinctions take place the so so-called oversized dinosaurs like you're talking about t-rexes and brontosauruses and <laughs> triceratops and all of that they go extinct and this opens the window for our you know our, our species to start to get a foothold on this <clears throat> planet isn't that true you know start to develop start to find a place where they can 
you know, start to expand in a world that's a little bit more inhabitable by smaller creatures, by these primates, hmm. right? Because they're not being eaten by these fucking monsters. Yeah. Literal monsters. Yeah. Right? But in order for us to be able to thrive, we needed a giant rock from outer space to hit this globe to get rid of our major like our our major predators. Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't seem to be as as much of a small percentage of chance on like if you just take that one piece then, you know, Earth having to be a certain percentage away from the sun in order for organisms to survive and stuff like that. So when you start to break it down, it doesn't seem as unrealistic, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> right? That's pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, I know. It truly is. And again, everything just for humans to be on, like, you know, once the Earth is formed, like you said, to for us to be here, it, it seems still like a perfect storm that, um, again, with all, all that, I mean, yeah, our dinosaurs would get in the way of like commercial airlines it'd be awful oh yes you know, and like, yeah. oh, crashing and biting and it'd be bad and could you want to pick up after that well how the fuck is amazon going to em- employ drones to drop off your packages at home if brontosaurus is they, they have to fly around brontosaurus <laughs> how's that gonna happen yeah seriously that's it's good. impossible i've never thought of that it's impossible i wow <laughs> so to go to continue to go on this dinosaur tangent uh, when I got to that certain point, uh, Neil deGrasse had used a term called oversized dinosaurs. Now, when I heard that term, I kind of had an idea of what an oversized dinosaur might be, but I didn't really know. Like, I, I'd never heard this term before. I didn't know if it was something he was using um, or if it was something that was actually real. So I started to do some research on dinosaurs. Okay. Right. And and like kind of dive down that rabbit hole for a little bit. Wicked. So I wanted to share some shit with you. All right. If that's cool with you. Because one of the things that I find fascinating is every time I dive down a rabbit hole of information, it ties into something else that I've dived down before that I never thought would tie in. Okay? Hmm. Let me explain. I'm listening. Talking about dinosaurs and oversized dinosaurs, basically, (laughs) like I said, you're getting into what you would think as being the big monsters. Right? I'm sure that there's a lot more to this, but the list that I, I kind of grabbed from the internet was uh you know one of actually there was a book out okay so there was a there's a segment of the book that i read that i'd actually like to read a little bit more the book is actually called assembling the dinosaur okay this was uh, an article that i was reading in a harvard university press website on the on their website so this book assembling the dinosaur by luke and his last name is spelt r-i-e-p-p-l okay just so people know. I don't want to try to, I'm not going to try to pronounce it and butcher poor Luke's name. <laughs> but the book is fascinating because what it talks about is the industry around dinosaur. Okay. So it was talking about different things like, and again, this is just an excerpt. It's just some of the shit that I found interesting. I guess the first fossils of dinosaurs were actually found in, in, um, in, in England. Okay. Uh, which I had no idea. Interesting. Right? So first dinosaur is found in England. In the 1800s, North America starts to become a bit of a hotbed for finding fossils and, and dinosaurs. Okay. So we're about, and so now we're in the 1800s. At around that time, the U.S. is starting to emerge as a, a, a large, in, like, large industry in the world and economy. Like mm. their, their, their economics are starting to become known worldwide. 
I see. Right? Okay. The U.S. is starting to kind of come into to power. And while this is taking place and the dinosaur rage is, is happening, the leaders of industry at that time, people like uh, Andrew Carnegie or Carnegie, <laughs> that's a callback to years ago, Neil and I, it's been 20 years, up and yeah. down the road together, don't worry about it. Just trust us, it's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> just laugh. It's Come on. absolutely hilarious. It's the greatest joke you've ever heard. It's just inside jokes, but you people. never will. That's all it is. So Andrew Carnegie and J.P. Morgan, these leaders of American industry, they start to utilize dinosaurs as a symbol of American dominance, and American power, and American might. Okay. Okay. They they really start to use these as symbols, dinosaurs. So they start opening up. They start opening up, you know, museums and they start to assemble these creatures as the fossils start coming in, in the same grandeur as a P.T. Barnum. Okay. Right. So they're, they're utilizing the showmanship to showcase these larger than life creatures, right? Well, at the same time, what they're trying to do is they're trying to show that economics is not a terrible monster. It's not a bad thing. Look at economics can bring us uh, museums and they can educate people and dinosaurs and we can also make a profit so we can be informative and we can make money. Yeah. This is what they're trying to do. Gotcha. So it's, it's all very fascinating, right? So they, they, they do this stuff and, you know, they hold themselves out as being, you know, doing a public service. Now, the thing that I find fascinating about this is something that I talked about with you yesterday a little bit. I'm not going to dive into it right now, but eugenics. Yes. Okay. And the eugenics is, is the science and belief that was founded in the early 1900s of the human, of the perfect human specimen. Yes. Okay. It's a fascinating history that we, we probably won't get into much depth about today. But it is definitely something that I want to explore because I dove down. Like I was down that rabbit hole for about a month. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, dude, it's fucking fascinating. But the thing that I find most fascinating about how it ties into dinosaurs is when eugenics was brought to the U.S. from Britain mm-hmm. by none other, none other than Charles Darwin's cousin. Okay. Okay. He was the founder of eugenics. When he brought it over to the States... The people that were in power, J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, these were the guys that were supporting the eugenics movement as well. Okay. So they were heavily involved in the eugenics movement because that was a science-based thing that they could utilize in order to start to apply uh, apply their certain philosophies. But they were also at the forefront of the dinosaur movement and and, uh, museums and so on and so forth. Everything fucking ties into everything when you start to look back into history. And I find that utterly fascinating. Damn, but, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy stuff. There's a lot uh, there's a lot of other detail to go into about that kind of stuff that we, we just won't delve into right now. But yeah. all that to say that the universe is where it is now based on things that are out of our control. But it seems like our thoughts and our beliefs are guided by people. Yeah. So when you start to get through history, it's like your beliefs are based on not necessarily how life has formed, but somebody's thought that has led you to kind of believe in a certain thing. Yeah. Isn't that kind of fucked up? Yeah, that is kind of crazy. I mean, that's uh, that's why cults start. 100%. Right? 
you uh you believe in them you're you're whether you're looking for leadership looking for something to believe in and you find it and then you're like yeah i'm in i'm in all of a sudden you're um you're far right whatever with your ex or i i don't understand politics but you're extremist and thinking let's say that <clears throat> i don't know like i i understand left right and center and hockey that's pretty much it <clears throat> so uh speaking of which season starting next wednesday so uh fucking excited about that but yeah it's uh it's quite the it's quite the control yeah yeah it's it's interesting I mean, politics is another animal altogether. I mean, you talk about fucking dinosaurs that roam the planet. Politics is another dinosaur that, uh, I don't know, man. It seems to be antiquated. The systems that are set up don't necessarily need seem to apply the way that they used to. Yeah. You know, like the way that they were set up. I know that I've heard a lot of people talk about left and right. And I guess lefts are, are the more egalitarian types of individuals, like, you know, believing in human rights and human beliefs and stuff like that and yes the uh, that was the left i think and then the right is a little bit more of the extremists the ones that are going to believe in you know the right to bear arms and and the right to protect yourselves and so forth Mm. but it seems as though what's happening now is that the the left is starting to incorporate more extremist approaches like the right would and the right is starting to act like the left a little bit. So politics is already fucking confusing as it is. Sure. But now when you have the one side acting like the other side and incorporating their, you know, tactics, who the fuck is what anymore? Yeah. Like who's right? Who's left? Who's center? <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, and you know, people can change their beliefs and switch parties and whatnot. And, um, yeah, politics is frustrating. I think number one to me, just because politicians never seem to act like adults, especially when it comes to like an election time. It's always a smear campaign versus what we're going to do for you. So, I mean, that's how it's like, all right, I feel like it's just being run like a business now, um, you know, versus, and you know, obviously you get in office, you know, whatever country in the world you choose. And then, you know, you might promise a bunch of things and you just go off and do whatever you want because now you're in power. Mm-hmm. so i i've i've lost so much faith in politics mm-hmm. so much yeah yeah i've never like i've like I've, it's just it's it's fucking hard to take them seriously mm-hmm. and it's just it's disgusting that there's adults all around the world they act like just teenagers and you know just bickering each other versus just and again like you said when you know when politics was originally formed say um an example of the u.s uh, yeah, they probably actually had like the right morals in place. Like, Hey guys, look, we need to do the right thing for this country here. Let's, let's be smart about it. And then, you know, fast forward to Twitter, you know, hundreds of years later and that like no one can fucking think for themselves anymore. Everyone's just yelling at themselves. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really frustrating because, uh, um, the belief that I have at this point in time, my personal belief is that you're right. Things are started out with the with the best of intent. Mm. Like I really genuinely think that a lot of the ideas that have been explored have been under the premise of a good intent. Yeah. The example I always use is insurance. Right? When when insurance when life insurance was formed formed by the farmers, you know, back in the day, hence the reason why farmers insurance was was created. Right. But when insurance was created, it was to protect the people. <clears throat> like, hey, we're a whole bunch of farmers and in order for humans to live, 
us farmers are the ones that are providing food and and stuff like that for people to be able to survive okay yeah. but if one of us has a bad crop or if one of us dies or if something takes place like we need to protect the very essence of humans okay because we went through the industrial or we went through the agricultural revolution and now we have designed a system that relies on farmers to bring us food okay yeah. so you come up with insurance it's a great idea it's very simple everybody contributes a little bit of money into a pool and if an emergency takes place if there's a flood like or you know if there's if there's a drought you know something takes place that we have a pool of money that we can resort to in order to you know mitigate loss to not just those people, but people that depend on farmers for food. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to Twitter, as you put it. And now you have in the insurance industry that it's so fucking convoluted. The idea is completely gone. It's no longer that insurance is here to protect you. It's that that insurance industry is a machine, just like every other business. Yeah. That their bottom <clears throat> line first and foremost is profit. And second is to protect the people that actually buy the product. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And they'll fight you tooth and nail on a fuck and paying <clears throat> out on a product that you've paid for that its design is to protect your family. Yeah. It should be simple, but it's no longer simple. I feel like there's so many, so many companies uh, out there that they start with good intentions and then uh, yeah, m money, money and power just, it changes everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure same with politics. Once, you know, more influence was happening in politics, like, Oh, I can start to, you know, really get the voters that I want by saying, I'll give you this or I'll slip you some money or you slip me some money and I will give you whatever law you want. Um, and yeah, that's just, uh, it's, it, it's fr like, look, look at Walmart friends. I mean, I'm sure they probably started with the, the best of intention. Now they're a massive global corporation. They, it seems soulless, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but we were shopping there today. We still love you, Walmart. Oh, hundred percent. Yep, yeah. Walmart number one. Yeah, uh, we picked up some chips. Don't kill us. Please. No, yeah. Like, I mean, talking about secret societies, Walmart's yeah. got to be right at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Know, I'm feeling this caffeine kicking in big time. Yeah, like you talked about the jitters earlier. <whistles> I don't know how much caffeine's in my system right now. Uh, I'm I'm out of caffeine. You're out. That's not good. Um, yeah, it's it's no. uh, it's pretty wild. And I'm not trying to say that you know humans are doomed and that everything is you know everything is going to hell in a handbasket. I don't <clears throat> really believe that as a whole. I don't really believe that that everything is falling apart. Um, I think that it's easy to cry the sky is falling. Sure, and, and I think that you could find evidence to support that. But I think that you could find evidence to support that we're actually heading in a pretty good direction as a species. I think that, you know, we we are we have corrected some shit. You talked about the ozone earlier, like the ozone layer earlier. We've actually taken steps to correct the ozone layer. I've seen we pictures of it recently and they were they're showing that the the whole uh it is smaller. Mm -hmm. Um it's, I don't want to say significantly smaller, but it's it, it's it's smaller now, which is great. So Absolutely. Um and I mean, yeah, we're we're at that weird time in in history right now where, like, my hope right now is that, and the hope that I feel is like, say, all like all the climate change is happening right now, the protests that have just started around the world, mm -hmm. finally, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, things like that, and you just 
see more people around the world helping each other. It'd be great to see countries just accepting more people for the safety factor of, I need to get away from this area because I don't want to be here. It's dangerous. Please let me in your country, mm-hmm. you know, treat humans with respect. Um, I mean, you, I, you feel like you, you kind of see a little more of that, but it's like, um, so like little things like that give me, you know, they, uh, that seed of hope is still planted. It's yeah. starting to grow, I feel. Uh, I mean, you're right. It, it's easy to look at all the doom and gloom around us by all means, uh, at corporations and politicians, the way humans treat each other, um, like the, the divide in society. But it's like, man, we just got to come together and just help each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it just raise ourselves together. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that, uh, I think it's interesting. I was, uh, I was listening to some, uh, some Plato's stuff, uh, I don't fucking pretend to understand a lot of the shit that they talk about because yeah. philosophy is a fascinating thing to me, but <clears throat> philosophy is also like riddle upon riddle. And after you get through a couple of layers of what the philosophers are saying, oh. it's like, holy shit, dude. Like you, you just literally talked in a 360 degree fucking circle. That's why I never read Shakespeare. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea. I need a translation. You need a translation. <laughs> and as much as I like to sit there and be pretentious and go, oh, yeah, I'm listening to Plato. It doesn't mean I understand it. Yeah. Okay. But the thing that I had, have taken away from some of the shit that I've listened to is that when they've had debates, and that's what it is. Like you're listening to uh, you're listening to these things and it's debates. But they're debates and conversations. And the thing that I like about the way that it's perceived, and I don't know the history of all of that, but the little bit that I've I've heard is that their debates were actually open discussions. Now, one of the major flaws of those debates is that it didn't include females. Oh, okay. Like it what like that wasn't happening. <clears throat> it was a bunch of fucking white dudes. Of course, right? Yeah. I don't agree with that kind of shit. I mean, I think that everybody has a voice. Agreed. And I think everybody should be able to listen to that. And that's not me jumping on this whole me too fucking bandwagon. That's literally been my belief since I was a kid. Yeah. I think everybody has a voice and they should be able to speak it if they have something interesting to say. Hundred percent, man. That's it. Hundred percent. Anyways, all things being equal, this was like fucking millions of years ago, it seems, when it comes to these philosophers, <laughs> and the way that they had their debates set up, I find is is much more constructive because although they talked in circles, they actually, if they had a point, they made their point. They were allowed to make their points, and then people were able to refute those points and bring to bring to forward their thoughts and opinions on the point that those people were trying to make. Yeah. That to me is at least somewhat of an open discussion about shit. Right. And that to me is what I think today's society is missing because if you go and listen to a debate, it's not about listening to what the other person is saying. It's about forcing your opinion on the conversation. Yes. And whoever speaks loudest wins the debate. Now, okay, you could probably make the argument that back in the day, if you continued to articulate your idea and you outweighed them, that you would win and that would be the winner. But the thing is, is that these people were smart enough to at least expand and accept what their opponent was saying to a certain degree. And I don't see that in today's debates. I don't see that in today's like political debates. I can't watch them. No, they're... <clears throat> Honestly, man, if, I, if I'm going to watch a political debate, it's just going to be more literally for the entertainment value of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I wish it was different. I wish that you could actually, I mean, obviously, yeah, you can hear people make smart comments, but 
it's always the the other person has to interrupt the thought. They it's all ego driven. It's just the human ego nowadays. It's all about me. It's way more me, me, me. I wa- uh, you know, it's it's I I want my voice to be the loudest. I want my opinion to be the opinion. I want other people to follow. You know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, it just it's it's maddening. It's crazy because I mean, some people can say that that's the reason why <clears throat> Trump was able to be so successful because sure. he understands the entertainment side of politics, and he rode that all the way to the White House. Yeah, he manipulated everything he needed to perfectly sure. to get in. You talk about and to fr- get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you talk about the planet being in the perfect position. He was in the perfect spot, obviously. I, this again, this is my opinion, but he was the climate of where the U.S. was. <clears throat> he was saying all the right things, and then even when he wasn't saying the right things, he was saying shit loud enough that the people who were trying to make sense of it, trying to be rational, were just drowned out by his gravitas. Yeah, you know, and that that is ridiculous that's the way you run society you fucking elect somebody into one of the most powerful countries in the world simply because they knew how to play a game the yeah. right way which is kind of what politics is it's a big game it's a popularity contest i think what they should do from now on like whenever they like elect a president or any like especially say in the u.s uh see if they have like if it's a white person see if they have any colored friends first and foremost oh jesus um you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah have have they looked at like you know trump's like phone list like oh there's a lot of white people in there this is scary white people scare me they're everywhere i'm white they it's fucking scary you're white i i can i can confirm this thank you i know we don't have any audio at this point in time but you're 100 percent white <clears throat> yeah and you're a male yeah i am you're basically the devil at this i'm point. done i am the devil i'm so sorry uh, you should. Whatever you, should you guys apologize. need, I will. Uh, I'll go on an apology tour and uh, we'll as you apologize should. everybody. As you should, apology tour, Max White. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I, <clears throat> the whole idea of the okay. So this is this is what leads me into something that I wanted to talk about, right? Which is um, how much of the past affects the present based on social media. Um, how prior tweets and prior things that you thought were acceptable at the time that you posted them are completely not acceptable today. Mm. Okay. One of the things we touched upon a little bit earlier was Justin Trudeau. And the thing that I found interesting about him is this whole tweet from, I believe it was 2001. It might've been actually a maybe 2010 it was within the past 10 years of him at the at the halloween costume or with the halloween costume right going as an arabian knight <clears throat> and he altered his skin tone to have brown skin yeah because it was an it was an arabian knight theme and he was going as i guess an arabian knight mm. so at that point in time he went <clears throat> brown brown skin do you have a problem with this this post what is your thoughts about this? Tell me. All he had to do at the time was think, does this seem right? Mm-hmm. Or how did it go for Ted Danson? So if you're alive and to know that, you know, when Ted Danson went in blackface, which was wrong, even at the time, he probably should have known that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so... Uh, to me, it's just a simple moral decision. Mm-hmm. Does this seem right? What am I doing? Ask those questions before you put it on. You know what I mean? Mm. Or 
I, I don't know. Um, it was just, to me, it was just, it was a poor decision. He has to live with it. Mm. And that's that. I mean, obviously, maybe he wasn't everything at all. I'll be prime minister one day or, you know, run for the country. Um, but still, and it's kind of weird. Uh, I'm assuming that all the people around that night, like, did nobody have a problem with it that night? It's like, oh, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, was it just like just a bunch of white people? there? like, oh, this is kind of funny. You look so legitimate. <laughs> you know, it just it, to me, I, I, me personally, that's just a simple moral decision. What am I, you know, if I'm going to do this, why am I doing this? This doesn't make sense. What does it mean by doing this? I see that point. And, so, and- I mean, regardless of getting into politics, like, do you want this to affect your future? This this poster, this picture could come out at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Maybe it's like in a future relationship and the, this partner he's with is like, oh, you're, you're in blackface. You're racist. I'm leaving you and taking half everything. <laughs> so, uh, you it's know. It's the way relationships work, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm single. <laughs> well, actually, it's not true. That's got to be crazy. Um, and I love my space. I love my space. But ladies, uh, regardless, like let's talk. Let, let's or talk. Or irregardless, as, as we established yesterday. Exactly. I've got a spare bedroom and my bedroom as well. So you're welcome either one. Your choice. Just don't take over his kitchen. No, just uh, just clean up. I, I've got this. Uh, I've got the bleach cleaner under the... It's a spray. Just wipe the counter down once a day and I'm, I'm happy. Do you wipe it off with uh, a cloth or do you go uh, paper towel? I think what it's a cloth. Mm. I don't know what the material is. It's um, it's a it's a, it's square. It doesn't really matter. It's got a picture of a sheep on it. it. Doesn't change anything. But my mom bought it. I like it. So it's square. But when it dries, it it becomes uh hard. Mm. It doesn't like remain like soft like a J cloth for for example. Okay. But she was telling me that <clears throat> uh, she sold on it because suppose and this is without me doing any re- see th- this is uh, th- this is where. People should start asking questions. This is a perfect example. Me and my mom. My mom and I, sorry, grammatically speaking. Um, so, you know, it, it's a simple situation. My mom comes out to visit me in Halifax. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I've got this cloth. I use it all the time. It's great. You can wipe anything up. It doesn't matter. Any dirt. Just spray it with the bleach and it'll clean it. You can use it on anything. So I just use it all the time, like in my dishes. And, you know, mind you. I'll, you know, for the most part, I'll probably spray it with bleach at least once a day to kind of clean it off. That's just for my sake. But this is where stupid people like me start to believe things like, yeah, this is true. I could wipe down like, you know, oil stain on the ground and I could still wipe my dish clean and cut through a fucking ripe tomato. Okay, fuck you, Ginsu. And why won't you come back? I just want a fucking set of Ginsu knives. Maybe that's my real issue. (laughs) But again, this is how people believe things. You just don't question it. Sure. And it's like, Absolutely. oh yeah, the perfect. So now I'm going to go around and tell people this is the perfect cloth right here. Mm-hmm. Followers gather around. Your Lord is speaking. Clean up your mess with the perfect cloth, you know, for 1995. <laughs> um, and this is, yeah, this is fuck. Like, I don't know. I can form a cult upon that. I don't want to because I don't have time. But if you have to watch, if you have to, yeah, then you must. Yeah, like that's like I was already halfway out the door to go buy one of these cloths. As soon as you mentioned Julie Rhodes, it was Julie Rhodes approved. One hundred percent. I was like, I'm a fucking hundo. I am in mm-hmm. one hundo. That's what I'm saying. But have you found out more about this cloth? Is this where we're leading, or no. is it you just your your whole point no, to that, this is that you've accepted this cloth 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 lock stock and barrel based on your mom? Correct. Has it I've done zero. I've done yes. I've done real. 
I've done zero research until actually thinking about this, you know, in whatever I just started talking about it. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, I've had like nothing health issues come up. Like I even, you know, got sick because of it. No one in it's come to visit. It's got sick by it. So I assume it to be proper and working. So, well, until it presents some kind of an issue somehow, then why would you question it? Mm. Okay. So that's good. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to say that you shouldn't do research on it, but if you have no reason to question it and you accept it because it hasn't been detrimental in any way, then I say go with it. Yeah, okay. Fuck it. All right. Anyways. Done. Best cloth. I love this cloth, and I'm going to get that cloth name off you because I've been looking for the perfect solution when it comes to, to cleaning. Uh, the reason we went off on that tangent is because we started talking about uh, Justin Trudeau. Oh, and, right. And being, you know, the the post leading to divorce and losing half your things. Yes, um, I remember but it, that But part. it was the post that we were talking about. And I agree with the points that you're making when it comes to you got to ask yourself about the shit that you do before you do it. I mean, clearly at that point in time, I'm actually, I don't know this a hundred percent, but I'm assuming that 2010, he was in politics at that point in time. Was I, he? I feel like, I know we talked about the, the, the memory yesterday and how it plays tricks on us by all means. But for some reason, I feel like you're correct in saying, I thought it was early two thousands when it happened. Um, maybe I'll tell you what, maybe, uh, let's get our research department, uh, looking in on that. Yeah. Uh, can you do me a favor and check on that? Thanks. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It, yeah. Just two coffees, just black. Thanks. I'll, uh, I'll take, uh, some food. Yeah. Some food and he needs his insulin as well. If he can bring his, the pen up as well, that'd yeah. be great. It'd be Thanks. awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, guys. That was just some off, uh, off camera, off audio uh, communications with our research department. Unscripted. Unscripted. <laughs> this whole fucking thing is unscripted. Weird. God damn it. I've been reading off. I thought I was reading off a teleprompter the whole time. Dude, we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. You're kidding I'm me. I'm not kidding. I can't kid about that shit. Wow. It's just fact. Okay. But the point is, is that, so yeah, I agree that you should question things before you do them, especially if you do have any any inkling to be in the public eye okay yeah. that being said my interest is always people's intent okay yeah and when justin trudeau decided to do brown face i want to know what his state of mind is now if his state of mind is i wanted to go as an arabian knight and i want this costume to be super authentic and he decided to then alter his skin tone in order to be authentic I think that that should weigh into it a little bit, don't you? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, I, I mean, I I completely understand how horrible blackface is to mm -hmm. do. I get mm -hmm. that a hundred percent. Um, and it's it's not to suggest that he's racist. It's just, you know, just not smart. But I guess yeah, but and insensitive is what they're is what they're correct. indicating with that. Which yeah, that would sound. Right. I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The truth of the matter is, I mean, I guess we personally don't really know what his, you know, what his true motive motive was, mm -hmm. you know, why he, uh, you know, thought that he was going to that. Well, not thought that he did it. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it doesn't mean he's an awful human being. It was just very, very insensitive. Yeah. And obviously, as as a white male, it's like, man, you you gotta you gotta open your eyes and just pay attention, man. Like if you haven't been through stuff in life. Mm -hmm. um, just yeah 
just just recognize it for what it is Pretty i mean much. See, for me like my philosophy when it comes to representing something that you're not okay which is what halloween is supposed to be like, right you, you've picked a costume and you know i want to be darth vader so i put on a <clears> fucking <throat> black helmet and a black garb and i'm now darth vader okay well i was not blo- i was not born with a shiny fucking helmet I was not born with a black cape on your me. head's shaved though. It is shaved. Yeah, I mean, it's virtually there at least, <laughs> at least halfway. Right. Right. But I have chosen to wear a mask in order to represent an icon that I fucking love. By the way, love Vader. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yep. Okay. Now I've made that choice and that's accepted because that's a mask. Okay. But if I wanted to represent BB uh, King, one of the greatest guitarists to ever live. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on those seal favorite oh, song ever. Jesus. Done. It's amazing. Mm. Guys, guys, a goddamn God. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said, goddamn God. Yeah. I use the Lord's name in vain. And then I use the Lord as him as my representation. Jesus Christ. Did you ever? Holy shit. Right. God damn it. Yeah, I'm probably going to be, you know, ousted at some point in time. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure I'm a misogynist at this point in time. I don't even know how the fuck that, in- that it's incorporated in. I feel insulted. I feel like you're being a real misogynist to me right now. I'd like to apologize to everybody that <laughs> just, I've offended. Uh, just loading your white male ship over top of me. I get it. White privilege. I get it. I apologize to everybody. And at the same time, I don't apologize to anyone. Perfect. Sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> okay. That being said. I couldn't go as brown face and, and put like a, a pillow in my, my belly and grab a guitar and say, I'm going as BB King because that's considered insensitive, racially insensitive. Yes. But I'm not trying to be insensitive. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to convey to people that I love BB King so much that I actually want to embody him for a night. Right. And I guess the, the, I guess the challenge that I have with that is why is that a problem? Like, and maybe it's just because I don't understand. Sure. You know, like you said, you know, I haven't gone through the woes. I I don't know what it's like to be another race. I don't know what it's like to be discriminated against. Yeah. I don't know suppression. I I don't know oppression. I don't know racism um, from the perspective of experiencing it firsthand. Right. And maybe that right off the bat eliminates me from being able to, to do that kind of stuff. Okay. I can accept that to a, to a level, but there's a part of me that's like, I don't know why it's a problem. And I think the thing is, is because when I try to put the shoe on the other foot and it's not a fair comparison, I get it because white people are not enslaved. I understand that part of it. But if somebody that I know that is of, you know, African Canadian descent, okay, wanted to represent a white figure. Okay, so maybe I'm a Saints fan. I love New Orleans Saints. Who dat? Who? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Okay, so I love the Saints. And now if I knew somebody who was of, you know, darker skin tone. Who dat? (laughs) That wanted to go as Drew Brees, the Saints of the court, or the quarterback of the Saints. Yeah. For Halloween because they love the way he represents himself. He's a stand-up guy for, for all intents and purposes. Of what we know, stand-up guy, great husband, great dad, awesome professional athlete, okay? Mm. And he wanted to go as Drew Brees for Halloween. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Like, I I love Drew Brees. I don't care. Like, the fact that you love him so much that you want to, you know, put 
like alter your skin tone for a night <laughs> in order to represent him because you really, really love this guy. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I hear you. Is that more accepted? A black person going as a white person, is that more accepted than a white person going as a black person because that black person's ancestors have went through hardships? Is that what it is? I wish I had an answer. <sighs> um, I mean, my guess is, and I, I hope I'm not being insensitive with this, I just I feel like there might be more leniency for, for a black person to go and you know, do white face. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the movie White Chicks, for instance. Right. Yeah. Right. And I was not offended by that. Like that. That's. But again, you're right. I. Now, I'll be I'll be honest. I was offended by that movie just simply because I didn't think it was funny. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that. And that. That being said. Your offense offends me. <laughs> like, it just it could have done better at the box office. We get it. All right. hundred percent. Next time, Hollywood. Absolutely. Next time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's just my thought with it is that. Um, but again, like, I, I don't know if I can really accurately judge because, like, everything you said, I've never experienced any of that before. Yeah. You know, yeah. other than, like, you know, shitty customer service, like, say, through Rogers. Oh, um, let me fucking start whatever. Don't get me started. I'm probably not going to ever be a sponsor of ours, but their customer service is some of the worst mm-hmm. customer service I have experienced mm-hmm. on my 42 years in this fucking planet. Holy fuck. And I mean every year that of, of my existence. Like when I was two years old and I first experienced customer service yeah. at the fucking Babies R Us. God damn it. There has never been anything that's been worse in my fucking life than the customer <laughs> service at Rogers Communications. Fucking terrible. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's just the way I feel. <laughs> I apologize. You were saying... <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't don't cancel my bill. No, my 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 uh, my bill. My bill, no, Rogers. It, my service. True. That's what I'm trying to say. Service. Don't cancel my service. Listen, if it works for you, I'm not going to begrudge you for having products with Rogers. I'm simply saying that I just can't do it. They're terrible. Yeah, their product might be okay, but their customer service is not good. <clears throat> it's not good. Well, especially when it takes forever, to, you know, to to get a hold of somebody too. That's just like the worst. It is the worst, right? So anyways, but yeah, based on based on that, like I, I like I, I guess the thing about the whole discussion of what's acceptable, what's racially insensitive, what's racist, mm. uh, what's stereotypical, what's you know, all this type of stuff is I, I wanna have more conversations about this topic with people who are willing to have the conversation yeah that actually be really cool yeah without being offended right like i'm not trying to offend anybody by by saying the things that i'm saying agreed yeah this is just us just trying to you know figure it out essentially yeah absolutely um with with some respects we're kind of dumb to the situation where we're just kind of just trying to you know work through it and yeah it'd be cool to hear people and like to to hear those opinions from the other side as well absolutely you know to educate us educate your viewers on tell me yes tellme.com check us out love it love it plug it plug it plug it put it in that's that's what i think we're hoping to do with this podcast is is just have people who are willing to have those conversations about things and and i'm not i'm not under the illusion that i'm ever going to fully understand another person's perspective yeah right white brown black yellow purple green pink doesn't make a difference you're you're never going to fully understand another person's perspective because it's their perspective it's it's in my opinion, perspective is the only thing that is ultra unique other than fingerprints. Yeah. Ultra unique to people that you're never going to fully understand. 
But I don't think that should stop us from having the conversations. No, absolutely. I mean, the the conversation helps. It it really should help it grow in a in a in a good direction. Absolutely. Um, and again, to to kind of educate people to to learn from people's stories for sure as well to figure out where they're coming from. They're like, oh, okay, now we get it. You know, sort of deal. So totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. You know what, dude? We've talked for an hour and a half. I'm hungry. That's what I'm fucking saying. Do we? Uh, do Do you guys have a? Uh... Do you guys have a, um, what do you, what do you call that in the industry when you, when you're on film and you're, um, uh, people come in and serve you food as a specific name I'm thinking of. It's not catered. It's, it's not it's, catered. There's a, oh man. There is an industry term for that. What is it? Uh, like Kyle, his sister, uh, Kirsten works in the, like whenever she's on set, um, uh, I anyways like yeah catering is there catering in here is like is there Tim Hortons in the other bedroom or well I mean I will say this we did visit a certain establishment earlier to pick up some snacks well we should get going it's been and, a long day and then we've got to eat some other substances that might not be necessarily snack related what time is it we should get on that oh yeah hundred mm. percent I think um, I think maybe we should leave it there for now what do you think. Let's leave it there. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, this has been fucking amazing. This buddy has been a blast. I love this. I, I love you, man. <clears throat> love you too, dude. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for sitting down with me, having a conversation about some shit. Yeah. Thanks for flying me in. Oh, fuck. A hundred percent. I just want to make you guys like sound really big. Like, oh. oh my God, they've got a budget to fly this guy in. Absolutely. Only for certain guests. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I'm not yeah. going to fucking do this for everybody <laughs> all the time. But there's going to be certain guests that we will. That's Don't forget to buy the cloth. Buy the cloth. Get that 1995. cloth. $19.95. There's a sheep on it. You can do it. You can use everything. You can pick up oil. You can fucking bleach your clothes with it. You can do whatever. Yeah, you, you can want. pick up past memories with it. That's how strong and powerful it is. I love it. Yeah. Uh, you have been Neil W. Rhodes. Sure, uh, I've been. I really appreciate that. What projects do you have going on right now? Uh, we can discuss this at another time as well. But what projects do you have going on right now? What What do you want people to know that you're up to, and where Where can people find you? Most importantly, uh, in my apartment, I've got some Grella glue projects I need to repair. Like I've got an old cutting board I want to put back together. My work boots I want to put them. Let me tell you, Grella glue is fantastic. The seams on your work boots heals it right up. Um, I'm project like other projects, um, will probably still take place in my apartment and I don't mean like sleeping or masturbating, but that will, um, it sounds like, a sorry family, if anybody heard that, but yeah, it's what you do. It's what people do. Um, I'm going to be starting a, a YouTube, a YouTube series. I, every time, whenever I'm sitting out my balcony or just watching on my balcony, it fascinates me to watch people parallel park and I love to sit there and judge it. Nice. Just to judge the fuck. Like, I, you know, like look how much space you're leaving or how far away are you from the curb? Like you're not thinking of other drivers part. You know what I mean? So I'll be starting that up soon. And, um, other than that, you can probably find me at, I don't know, good robot, good robot brewery in Halifax. A shout out to them. Good road, Rob, good robot brewery brewing, good robot brewing. .ca. I haven't eaten yet, so that's why it took me a while to get out. That's amazing. What's your YouTube channel? Fuck, I don't know. I haven't used it in ages. No worries. Where can people find a link to your YouTube channel? Uh, go to, you know what? Just probably go to Twitter. Okay. <clears throat> um, go to Twitter and it's Neil W, N-E-I-L, Neil Rhodes, Neil W. Rhodes, N-E-I-L, W-R-H-O-D-E-S. 
yeah, just just go there. You can always message me. I can just send you a link for it, or I put a link in my Twitter. Amazing. And we'll we'll include a link to this too, mm. so people can find you and yeah, yeah, hundred formats and stuff like that as well. Yeah. And uh, that is fucking a wrap, my friend. Thank you very much again. I really appreciate you coming in and sitting down with me. Wicked man. Thank right. you for having me. Love you, brother. Cheers, dude. <laughs> Thank you.